Sports on 256today.com. I'm Sean Majors here with Matt Hankins. Matt! What's going on, buddy? Week zero. So much to chew on. Man, um, I've been really wrapped up in coverage today. Everybody is in the same boat we're in. Just happy to have a fresh kill, something to actually dine upon. We don't have to speculate. We had actual football to talk about. And boy, is the sports media world thankful for it. Um, it did not matter on Saturday if the second TV had Austin P on it. It had Austin P. On didn't it. matter. Um, we've got plenty of things to kind of sink our teeth into. Uh, I we have to start with Nebraska sucking. <laughs> um, the Hankins curse strikes again. There is a phenomenal, very long form piece uh, by Bill Connolly on ESPN. The Downfall of Nebraska football, 10 games that explain the Cornhuskers' tailspin, uh, back, uh, dating back from 2001 um, to when they uh, they lost to Colorado uh, before getting back into the BCS championship game and losing to Miami. Anyway, um, everybody is acting like Nebraska was kind of back, and now they're really not back. But they never were. But it's really funny because it's – I don't know why. Nebraska is such a non-issue and has been for – 30 years so 20 years so like why is it so fun to see this them fall is it scott frost no no well i'll say from my standpoint i don't i haven't watched a full nebraska game and i don't know how long but the thing (laughs) i think the thing that got us all last year was statistically what they did was more difficult than going undefeated <laughs> to, to be that close at the end of the year to have you know and I, I misquote the stat all the time but their like their their margin of points scored versus points against was like four or something like they lost all they lost so many games when one play would have swung the whole thing it was impossible to do what they did and I'll be damned if they didn't come out in Dublin Ireland and start it all over again. <laughs> um scott frost is uh, i saw some stat i think they're like five and 20 uh in in games that are decided by less than one score that's mike shula territory and um, and so something like um five three or five times that they have uh come back being down at halftime if they're at, yeah. if they're down at the half go home yeah, <laughs> um, they were three and eight last year, only beating Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern, who beat them in Ireland. Um, yeah, lost to Illinois by eight, to Oklahoma by seven, number three Oklahoma by seven. Lost to number twenty Michigan State by three in overtime. Michigan by three, Minnesota by seven, Purdue by five, Ohio State by oh, nine. No, Wisconsin. Ohio State was only a nine point loss last year, twenty six seventeen. To number fifteen, Wisconsin by seven. To Iowa by to number sixteen, Iowa by seven. How do you so, not slip uh, up and win three of those games? Yeah, <laughs> you are. The, it's because you have the kind of head coach that calls it an onside kick for no. Fun. Look, all right. I'm gonna let's get into that. I heard about that. That is the only thing he did right all day. That's it. That is it. Y'all, listen, I know, again, it was week zero. It was the first coaching gaffe of the year. It was very exciting for us. 
And I understand that we played the result of what happened after that onside's kick was messed up. Of course. Of course. However, guys, listen to me. That was dumb as shit. What, think about what I just told everybody. This man is fighting some sort of devil, some sort of curse, <laughs> some sort of witch magic. He fought it all last year, and he thought, I finally got a chance to get this monkey off my back. I'm up 11. My team is playing well. Let's go for the juggler. Sean Majors, I'm not going to feed you a line. We did not talk about this in the pre-show. I'm going to see. I'm going to try this live, and I might fall on my face. But if you had to say of the words that we're allowed to say on this podcast, <laughs> when we are communicating through text during a football Saturday, what is the most used word you think I have in my vocabulary? Coward. Coward! 100%. Yeah. I do not respect cowardice. And as he kicked the onside kick as it failed, I said, I'll tell you one thing. Scott Frost, not a coward. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see you see uh, them not work like Alabama against Clemson in 2017. And you see them work like Alabama against Clemson in 2015. But, but like, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you you think you have a kicker who can execute an onside kick. And if he doesn't, then it's it's nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten on the coach and not the kicker, which is kind of funny. Sure. For making the decision for believing in the kicker. But that happened uh, with, what, 11 to go in the third quarter? <laughs> There's a lot of football between that kick and that loss. There's and a- they were up by two scores. Don't give me the fact that, like, uh, there was this big momentum change. No. I don't no. Know. That was a slow march to death. That onside kick. Yes, when you look at the game, you're like, oh, no, it all turned on that onside's kick. But it turned on the fact they couldn't stop, uh, looks at the schedule, Northwestern. (laughs) And I heard it said several times today. Ah, man, Northwestern in an even year. In an even year, man, you got to look. <laughs> Come on. And so, well, I said, okay, that's not a stat I know. Let me go investigate this. And so I go and look yeah. it up. And I'm First of all, do you have a guess? And I know you don't know this. I don't expect you to know this. But do you have a guess at how long Pat, not Narduzzi, Fitzgerald has been at Northwestern? Oh, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Pitt. Um, uh, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Uh, 25 years, 20 years, 20 17, years. 17 yeah, yeah, yeah. seasons. He's been, there. they love him. They love and him. And there's, I'm hearing on the radio, ah, even year. And I start to look at the, I start to look at his run and I'm like, these even years don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. <laughs> Most of his 10 win seasons have been in odd numbered years. And so what the fudge is they talking about? And then they, they cleared up later, like, since 2018. Like, that's not a sense stat. Oh, God. No, no. But that is that is the beginning of the status chat. Yeah. It's Northwestern. Guys, you got to be able to beat Northwestern. And look, maybe it's because I feel bad for Nebraska. They were heavily represented in that stadium in Ireland. Hell yeah, they were. I still don't know why they were over there. My mm-hmm. assumption was, okay, Notre Dame is sort of Chicago's de facto school. And so, sure. I thought, okay, if I extrapolate that, that might mean a lot of Irish Catholic people 
live in Chicago, and so they chose Notre Dame. So Northwestern is in Chicago. Those are the same people. Maybe that whatever. But it was Nebraska, it was a Nebraska home game for all intents and purposes. Pretty much. But and I mean, you gotta say, like, if if you don't believe in any given Sunday and you do believe in like, you know, the book is written written on this stuff. I mean, Nebraska was always going to lose. If, if Mark Knopfler was calling it, he would say the dice is loaded from the start. They, they are. Somehow this became Nebraska. And that is what I'm, as I said on the radio, they're, they're like, look, I don't know anything about X's and O's. I don't pretend to. But what I do know is narratives. I think I... You know a little bit about X's and O's. A little bit. But like, you know, that's when I make a prediction, it is not based on X's and O's. It is strictly on... What do I think the story is going to be this year? Because more often than not, it's just a set of stories that play out over and over and over. And it felt like this year was the story that Scott Frost got it right. He gets, and I still think that there's a chance it might happen. Like this might have been the the absolutely ball. like of course. because in the first half they have a court. Look at their quarterback stats for the day. Before he got yeah. real stupid and started throwing interceptions, but <laughs> he did not have a good second. <laughs> he had like a hundred and some odd rushing yards and like threw it like they were playing very well. Um, I had the added benefit of I consumed that game wholly just radio, which is very exciting. I do love a football game on the radio, and I got the Northwestern call. Oh yeah, and it was and also that also means I got Chicago Land commercials, which are very very good. Um, one of them had not Michael Buffer, but the other one doing let's get ready to drink or something. It Michael was, Buffer's brother. Did you get any ads for the bear on Hulu? I did not. No, I did not get any Hulu based advertisements. I got a lot for Benny's booze shop though. Served in the Chicagoland area for a very long time. <laughs> um, one more stat before we move on here. Scott Frost, Actually, let's let's reverse engineer this. Bo Pelini was fired from Nebraska after going sixty-seven and twenty-seven. Okay. If Scott Frost at fifteen and thirty wins his next fifty consecutive games, he will still have a worse record. Many Christmas. <clears throat> two um, games, two and a half games worse than Pelini. So you know it's a bad, bad day at the office. Scott Frost made two mistakes. A, he called an onside kick. B in the he press, was not a coward, b, d, d, right? B in the press conference, he said the thing you cannot say. You cannot say this, Scott Frost. I wish you had. You should learn this lesson. It is what it is. Worse, I would have accepted it is what it is. What I can't accept is, yeah, it didn't work. I wish I hadn't called it. No, Scott Frost. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. You cannot say you that. You know, this is a game of decisions, and it's on me. We got to stick by our decisions. He, and he let, he walked up to that. He said, you know, we, we, we practiced that all week. We knew we had a certain look. If we saw it, we wanted it. And we saw the look, and we went with it. It didn't. It, right there is where you stop. It didn't work out, but I stand by the call. The guys were prepared. We just didn't execute. Boom, on to the. You cannot say. I wish I hadn't done that. No, Scott Frost. No. <laughs> um, well, believe it or not, Nebraska and Northwestern, for that matter, neither team were the longest traveling teams. Mm-hmm. Neither team traveled the, the furthest. furthest. Yeah, it's like seven or eight <laughs> hours where they went. 
Um, your Vanderbilt Commodores traveled all the way from Nashville to Honolulu, Hawaii, um, which is the correct pronunciation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Just like brotherhood. <laughs> I man, if you can go back and watch that replay, that woman would was, love to. Uh, Don't know where it aired. Cannot find it anywhere. <laughs> it was on. Uh, was that a CBS Sports game? No, I think it was on ESPN. I, I forget. Don't believe it was 930. I don't I believe you that it was on ESPN because <laughs> I tried to cut the game on and got a dumb boxing match. <laughs> um, Vanderbilt didn't score more than 30 points in any game last season, um, but completely destroyed Hawaii. Uh, 67? 62. 67, uh, 63 to 10, yeah. sorry. Um, an explosive third quarter. After uh, leading at half, you know, it actually looked like it was just going to be, you know, a runaway with with Hawaii because I think Vanderbilt went three and out uh, to start off the game, and then and then Hawaii basically just marched down the uh, marched down the field <clears throat> to draw first blood. Uh, but like I said, twenty one to ten Vanderbilt at half, and then they scored thirty five points in the third quarter. What is this world uh, we're living in? Where Van- I don't know. Powered Vanderbilt goes into Timmy Chang's house. <laughs> Timmy Chang, referred to as the most beloved player in the history. Oh, of without question. Football. Because name another one. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Name a second. Uh, it's really going to bug Brennan, me. Brennan, maybe? Oh, yeah. Colt Brennan, Colt Brennan. <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's a, a artist, though, I think. Oh, what? We should actually get this right. If uh, I believe uh, there was a quarterback with the first name Colt who was uh, definitely in trouble for assault. Oh yeah, he or... was an artist. <laughs> he did um, do bad. He did do real bad. Oh man, why does that name even stick with me? Probably because he did bad. Ooh, maybe he didn't. I forget, but he's definitely dead. Is he dead too? The life and death of one-time Hawaii football star. I would Colt just Brennan. be a monkey's uncle. Last year yeah, he, he died. Yeah, 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 yeah. He drunkenly uh, attempted assault. Um, rough stuff. Anyway, Vanderbilt. <laughs> Yet another completion missed by Colt Brennan. Oh, oh, boy. Great job to Vanderbilt. I mean, obviously this is not good. I, I think you mean great job by number one in the SEC, Vanderbilt Commodores. Alabama is 0-1 in the year 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't know what the hell Nick Saban's doing over there, but Clark Lee's making him look like a real asshole. Um, let's look at Vandy's schedule. You know, they got Elon next next week, this Saturday. Um, they host Wake Forest after that. Who knows? If they beat Wake Forest in a battle of the smart kids... It's Katie bar the door. It's time to nope. get on the bandwagon. Man. And then, of course, Allo, they travel to Tuscaloosa on September 24th. Bro- I, might, I might just root for Vanderbilt. Well, it's a big revenge game after the thumping last year after that guy said, we want Bama or Bama's <laughs> next or whatever happened. Oh, that poor guy. Um, well, Auburn, it's been a week of Auburn news. Um, up until today, let's start with the first surprise. Um, 
Their athletic director left. The, the guy who fought to hire and keep Brian Harson uh, is gone. And widely known as a man of principle, widely known as not not helpful, not helpful to uh, Harson, um, and not helpful to really the long-term st- stability of the program. I think maybe Bruce Pearl might get the football job too. <laughs> Bruce Pearl wouldn't be a bad AD if he double duty. <laughs> He'd be a very bad AD. He would be a very, very bad AD. No, man, you could do anything. <laughs> All the barbecues you want. <laughs> um, no, it's it can't be good for Harson, and it's not a it's not a good look due to Auburn's reputation. Because for me. A, a mean boy who loves to make fun of them, the first thing I think is, we couldn't get the coach, so we went and got the AD. Like, that's what the, the, the yeah. good old boys network did. And I don't have any evidence to back that up. I'm just saying, again, based on narrative, that is the first thing you think, and you think clock is ticking, my friend. Um, the guy who's, who kept you here, Arson, the clock is ticking. And, but, and take Auburn out of the equation – Every AD wants their coach, unless you yeah, have a course, stalwart installed coach. Every AD wants their coach, and so it, it it does change the dynamics and the the requirements of this season. I think um, I think you know it probably puts a couple games more on the absolutely has to win column. He can't give them any reason. There can be no no. <laughs> I mean. He's got to be, at this point, he has to be either Georgia or Bama. Like one of those two. I, I would I would agree with that. <laughs> um, even, uh, very, very, very uh, suspicious, uh, the Tennessee athletic director, Danny White, congratulated Auburn's, uh, uh, well, former, former uh, athletic director, now Alan Green, on, on getting out of a... Uh, Getting out of a crazy situation. <laughs> Do you know how bad it's got to be for the Tennessee guy to say, good job getting out of that old sweat factory, pal. Can't imagine being in that kind of environment. Yeah, Danny White, at AD underscore Danny White, congratulations A. Green for the fourth for getting the heck out of a crazy situation for greener pastures. I admire how you manage that chaos with class and integrity. Look forward to seeing your next chapter. Chaos. And you know, Tennis. it wasn't really. It was one. It was one bad summer. It was. It was a chaotic. It was pretty. It was, it was a bad summer. <laughs> it, it was. was a bad it summer. was. It was pretty rough. Not great. Um, number two, um, Auburn Tigers. I'm not laughing. I don't know. I'm. I'm. La- I'm laughing at the misfortune, uh, because it seems to be piling on. It's that Bob Costas, who I don't like anymore. Bob Costas is uh, in basketball saying it certainly does seem to be raining shit <laughs> on <laughs> Coop Cooper. <laughs> um, Auburn Tigers veteran center Nick Brahms retiring from football. Uh, Auburn Tigers starting center and former preseason all-SEC pick Nick Brahms retiring from football after attempting to come back after knee surgery. Uh, six-year center Brahms was one of the most experienced linemen in the SEC with 33 career starts. He missed last year's bowl game because of knee surgery. Um, Tate Johnson, a former four-star prospect who did not play last season, is is expected to start. Um, centers get the least love out of any 
position on that immediate field, Mm -hmm. not counting special teams. Um, I can't underscore, I can't stress how important it is to have somebody like, you know, like a Ryan Kelly, you know, like, um, like a, like a Landon Dicker, Landon Dickerson play uh, center. Um, But having, having, you know, Jeff Saturday, Jeff Saturday, somebody who knows your uh, two centers. I know. It's it's just uh, so I don't know if that's going to you know kind of play into you know Tank Bigs Tank Bigsby has to have a big year and that means being able to kind of cut through the those interior linemen as well as bounce it outside. Well, this damn sure not going to help when you just named a starting quarterback and yeah. this is his first year as a full time starter. Your offensive line is already not great elsewhere. And you lose the center position, which, you know, athletic, that's the thing with center is athletically, you have to do what you have to do. But more importantly, it's the knowledge and you can't just replace that. However, I'll say this about Tate Johnson, born with that name to be an Auburn player. Sounds like an (laughs) Auburn player. (laughs) Um, And as you said uh, today. Only thing more Auburn would have been a pew. (laughs) God. Um, or dismukes. Uh, the reintroduction of TJ Finley, Auburn's new QB1. Uh, so, kind of a weird trajectory, right? Like, didn't start last year, didn't get the job last year. Uh, he, he came over from LSU. Yeah. Uh, was pretty horribly injured in the Iron Bowl. Absolutely. Kept, As was everyone. But, but kept in. A witch's curse um, had been placed on the field. He ran from cops. Well, he scooted. This, he scooted. This summer, he, he was scooted. on the scooter. And now he is your starting quarterback for Auburn, the Auburn Tigers. Um, I just, I mean, I've been saying it was going to be Calzada all, all year. So, I, what the hell do I know? Uh, well... <sighs> One of them beat Alabama last year. The other one didn't. And the one yeah. that didn't is the starting quarterback. Here's what I heard <laughs> said about T.J. Finley today. Um, they said, you know, he almost had Alabama beaten last year. He really came into that game and showed some stuff. And also, when the team was down against Georgia State, it was T.J. Finley who came in and really opened the offense up, brought them back. Um, against Georgia State. Against Georgia State. In what was, and I quote, a monumental win for the program in Brian Harson's first year as coach. Who said that? You tell me who said it. This is a professional broadcaster. Okay. On the radio. Um, <clears throat> also anchors, or has at least anchored, a major broadcast networks, college football flagship pregame show. Okay. And is a former head college football coach. Lee Corso. Also known for playing a mean guitar. Urban Meyer. Rick Neuheisel. (laughs) Oh, shit, I forgot about that guitar. (laughs) Well, you know, and he I'm, knows what he's talking about. He's a former UCLA coach. I'm going to say this not as a knock on the Auburn Tigers. 
for once. Write it down, ladies and gentlemen. Like, no one at Auburn thought that was a monumental win. I mean, if anything, it was it was definitely a monumental... Uh, it was avoiding a monumental, like, disaster. Absolutely it was. But um, I think it echoes the fact that take everything you hear anyone say that's a talking head with a grain of salt, including these two knuckleheads right here. But, like, it just... Bel- it, it just echoes the point that they don't want, they don't understand the SEC or take your pick whom whomever saying something if you haven't been in a league you probably don't understand the league the way that you might think you I don't know what it means for Iowa State to beat Texas Tech I don't know if it means anything but you know what I mean like I don't know yeah, so I'm course. just but I also don't have a big house due to my job as a college football prognosticator and analyst. Um, I don't do that. Uh, My house is not impacted by this podcast. (laughs) It is helped, but not impacted. Um, But yeah, I thought that was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard someone say. In fact, to make sure that I quoted him exactly correctly, I rewound it. I rewound it to make sure that I was not hearing what I wanted to hear. I know I can't quote you. He said it this morning. On his radio show. That is that is truly something. Um, well, you know, we wish Auburn the best. Uh, Michigan Wolverines uh, from one quarterback battle to another. Dude, even stupider one. Dude, like Harbaugh does not make it easy. He does not make. Well, he does. He, make, he makes it very easy to, to for us to make fun of him. Uh, does not make it easy for me to defend him. Um, one who brought my San Francisco 49ers to three, three NFC championships, <laughs> one, one of them, one Super Bowl, or w- went, went to, to a, Super a Super Bowl. Yeah. If the power well, hadn't gone out, maybe the whole story is different. Um, Harbaugh is, <laughs> Harbaugh is starting one quarterback in week one and another in week two, and then he's going to make a decision. The first two games of the Michigan schedule are so throwaway. Mm-hmm. Um, to and they're—I mean—they're easy games, but um, are so throwaway to their head football coach that he's just going to, you know, maybe maybe like play around with them, play, so like just see what kind of happens. On its face, I don't mind it. Because Steve Spurrier has done this before. Nick Saban has has kind of played around with this notion. Like, I think about the USC game that there's a quarterback whose name I have long since forgot. Played so poorly in the first half that it ushered in the Jalen Hurts era. How wacky is that? That the Jalen Hurts Sam, era was ushered in. I think Blake. I think, think it was Blake Barnett. I think it was Blake Barnett that, uh, that was ushered in. It included him starting in the second half against USC, him being pulled in the second half versus Georgia to a win, and then him coming back in in the second half to guide Alabama to that. That's still, that's one of the craziest sports stories I've ever experienced. But on its face, I'm like, okay, I can see that happen. And like you said, they're two easily winnable games. It's fine. Except for the fact, Jim, what have you been watching all year? 
<laughs> I mean, so yes, they play Colorado State September 3rd. Yes, they play a Hawaii team that looks even fucking worse uh, on September 10th. But, like, you you can't, like, you can't make a decision based off, like, your first team defense who I, they play. Well, I, I think the, the – the fly in this ointment is the, this guy's going to start this week, this guy's going to start that week. That's the oddity here. Any other coach would have said, ah, oh, you know, we're still evaluating. Both guys are, expect both guys to see action in the first two games, and, you know, by the time we get to conference play, we will make a decision. That's what a normal saying. He's such a fucking clown. <laughs> but this maniac, and I, was, I assure you, it is this is him trying to be transparent and open, and he thinks that's the honest thing to do. But also, guess what? If my man starts the first game and struggles, the other one's coming in. And yeah. vice versa. My God. So why I not just... just say, there is a time for coach speak. That's the time for it. There's always a time for coach speak, especially when you're in the shower. In the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Jim Harbaugh has said his Michigan QB plan is biblical I don't know what that in origin. Is. I don't think he does either. It is biblical in origin. No person knows the future. That's biblical. What? That's biblical. No person knows. You know what? It's also science. It's also common linguistics. It's also just a fact. Then he references Solomon at the end for some fucking reason. Please tell me. I'm very deep. I'm all in on how this, what, how he got biblical to this. I I, I am honest. And Isaac did name his son as starting QB one week (laughs) one. So many people. If thou be a ram in thou house, you shall start the sophomore. If the (laughs) rainbow across the water is blue. You shall start the senior. So many people have asked, how did you come to that decision, Harbaugh told reporters? Was it based on some sort of NFL model? No, it was really biblical. <laughs> Solomon, he was known for being a pretty wise person. The yeah. verse Har- Harbaugh appears to be referring to comes from Ecclesiastes 11.6. That's well, We're going to clean that up. We put too many syllables in that, pal. Ecclesiastes. 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 <laughs> Sow your seed in the morning, and at ev- and at evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, whether you both will equally do well. So start Cade McNamara. It- oh my God, he's right. It's raised right. Oh my God. <laughs> Harbaugh did not clarify exactly where in the Bible he was referring. Of course, Harbaugh may have been referring to Solomon's judgment to cut a baby. Cut a baby in half. That's where I was going to take this. Yes. But that just because there's two. Oh, I hate him. And the Lord did look upon the field, and he saw two wolverines, each of equal stature. And he said, thou shalt inherit the rams. Oh, it is funny because there's both. Upon which you are in Fort Collins. One Mac in the hand is worth two quarterbacks in the bush. I think there might be, in Genesis, both a ram and a rainbow. Uh, Yes, you are correct. (laughs) 
God gave Noah the rainbow sign. No more fire, but water next time. Harbaugh um, gave name to all his quarterbacks in the <laughs> beginning. In the beginning. Um, HBO he's our quarterback who liked to run. <laughs> and he said, man, that sure looks fun. It's a deep cut. I think I'll start him against Colorado State. Ah, I think I call him a McNamara. <laughs> I was about to say, if you can find a word that rhymes with McNamara. <laughs> um, uh, HBO Max is producing a documentary called BS High based on the Bishop Sycamore uh, school that didn't the, the fake school that played, you know, whatever that other... Uh, Why didn't they call it Manta Teo University? Oh, shit. Man. What, man? I watched it again. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, I also watched the Woodstock documentary. Can I'm kinda... one episode into that. Man, tell tell me what you think. Tell oh, I love it. Are. I don't understand why Gavin Rosdale acted like he was a victim all during his interview. I was I was expecting a terrible thing to happen at the end of the Bush set, but no, Gavin Rosdale saved the first day of the festival. When he was saying that, it was like, man, he he should he should open with swallowed. That's gonna get that crowd. Like it's gonna be perfect. And then, man, I can't. I, it's been stuck in my head ever since. I don't know why. The, I don't know why anybody in Bush didn't have a shirt on, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, who is who booked those acts by the I way? Why do you not know. close with corn? I do not, and I, I, that's the first thing. First of all, why did you open with Cheryl Crow? Why was Cheryl Ooh. Crow there to bother me? Clearly, um, but <laughs> I don't Man, know that everything about uh, that is like so much anxiety, especially like that. Man, you're gonna ooh. Yeah, I gotta. I you gotta text me your feelings in in real time. Um, a lot of shitheads. A lot of shitheads. That's us, by the way. More so me than it is you, because mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I graduated '01, so I was a sophomore that year. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's anyway. my people. Those are my yeah, that's, people. Yeah, that. Um, but man, whew, corn. Bad I, I just. I was just taken aback by a world where corn was that big. I just couldn't wrap my head around. Two hundred fifty thousand people, in a fucking losing their minds, <laughs> and and also like Jonathan Davis taking no responsibility. We did it. Yeah. We did it. And then coming back every twenty minutes in the documentary to say like, oh yeah, I can't believe like Lent you know, Biscuit that kind did of all that stuff. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, uh, Woodstock 99 documentary, check it out on Netflix. I'm just like really, really pumping Netflix these days. I don't know why we don't have a sponsorship. I mean, um, why watch they slash them on Peacock when you can watch a Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix? They slash them is not a good movie. I don't even know what it is. So Kevin, Kevin Bacon uh, runs a gay conversion camp. And, oh, uh, oh, I've, I've been hearing tale of that. Okay. And there's a slash and then a killer runs loose. Is it Kevin Bacon? Is it the woman from Veep? Who knows? Is, it the Is this football man? podcast still? <laughs> it never was. Um, that's, uh, that's I think, pretty much it. Uh, you know, shouts out to Brian Robinson, Swift Recovery. Um, that poor dude cannot get... I'm, I'm, I'm ready to ban him from cars. Period. Yeah. I don't want that guy in a car anymore. 
Bad honestly, things happen fo- when he's in a car. Honestly, football too. He shouldn't have to play for the Commanders. Nobody should uh, have to play for the Commanders. <laughs> Throw the flag on 256. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your parents. They will listen to all podcasts up in here. Uh, check us out on 256today.com for a weekly column every Wednesday. That might change during the season. Um, might be earlier uh, to capture your attention. Who knows? Um, Twitter. Get ready for what is sure to be a giant, giant lengthy podcast next week. First oh boy. week, baby. Oh, my. I'm going to be so jealous. Talking Tide? Talking Tide will be back. And, like, sh- do we need to put Talking Tide at the end of the episode these days? Probably not. Maybe it goes up top. Check us out on Twitter at TTFFOO. Oh, yeah. Florida State's back, too, because they beat up somebody. Duquesne. They, they heard that old Duquesne whistle. Heard- <laughs> I had not listened to that song in so long. Um, Such a good move. Uh, but, yeah, I heard a lot of that talk today, too. I'm like, wait, who do they even play? <laughs> they played the Duquesne... Duqueners, and also on good video too, really good video. <laughs> on Instagram at Throw the Flag. Don't worry, we're never getting rid of that handle. We did it up and until next week. <laughs>